Um, this morning is always a, a very poignant morning. Um, like I say, I've, I've, I've lived in this town now for near on 50 years. Um, I, I've, I, I worked on the naval estate when it was a naval estate. That was probably my second job. Um, and I would go into all the Navy, well, at that time it was just Navy, into all the homes and I would fix, fix their, whatever was broken, I would fix it. Well, not me, I would get one of my mates to fix it because I was useless. I really didn't know what I was doing and I learned from them. Um, and, um, you know, I, I pretended I knew what to do. There were some jobs I could do, but not many. Um, if you, if, if, if all those that are in the Navy, if all those who are in the Navy and lived on the, on the Rauner estate, pick up, pick up your hand for a minute. Currently, yeah, currently in the, now, if you, if you've, in your garden, have got a rotary washing line, and no matter how strong the wind blows, it's because I put it in. <laughs> all right, I can guarantee you that. I, I, one of my jobs on, on uh, this particular week was to chug around um, the naval estate in a, in a dump truck, in a, in a dump with all concrete in the front. And my job was to, I think it, on that occasion, was to, um, to put in 40 rotary lines in people's different gardens. And I got to the last one, and I had half a dump truck full of concrete left. And if I'd taken it back to the yard, I would have been in so much trouble. So I dug a great big hole filled the concrete into the ground and put the little rotary thing in. It, I, I guarantee you, it's never blown down. There's a little, little rise in the garden, but it's never blown down. And you can blame me for that. And on, on that occasion, when I drove the dump truck to go and do that, I, I, hit, I hit a wall at the same time as having full of concrete. I hit a wall. It was a massive... It was, it was up by the Naffy area. Um, and I hit this wall, and I saw the wall wave as I hit it. <laughs> I never reported it, and it never came down. <laughs> I, I hadn't been long redeemed. I wasn't really walking with God particularly well, and I, I did a lot of bad things whilst on that job. But, um, yeah, so if you ever live in that garden, you know, you can thank me for your concrete. Anyway, so there's a lot of reasons why gospel is very personal why, why Remembrance Sunday is very personal to me. Um, when, I, when I first left home at 17, we lived in the house of a guy called Trevor Harvey. Um, he took us in for a year. He was in the services. He'd just come back uh, from the Falklands. His life had just been totally messed up um, as, a, as a medic on, on board um, ships. Hannah, it's great to see you here this morning. I, I remember the moment in Brockers Baptist uh, praying for John Hannah's husband, um, as John came off HMS Sheffield um, and, and had, was, at the time, the most badly burnt individual who'd survived the Falklands War. And, you know, so good to have you here, Hannah. Um, and we remember John very, very dearly during that time. And, you know, it's so profoundly affected. I remember going down to repeat down to the Falkland Gardens, watching the ships coming in every time another ship came back and, and just cheering and celebrating that we'd seen God's hand of protection um, upon our nation and upon um, our, 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 our colonies, if you like, and, and the Falklands are in different areas. And, and my life has just been, I guess, surrounded by military. Pete went into the territorial army as, as a young man, um, and, and again, that impacted my life. 
Um, and now, obviously, our Sam last week, this, this time last week, was traveling up to be um, um, joining the army um, in the infantry. And so step by step by step, um, there's been impact into our world. So I want to thank each and every man and woman and family who have served, because every family serves, every child in every family serves, um, because they don't see their parents. And, you know, we honour them for, for all that they do. And like I said, there's many areas where I can bring, remem- bring to remembrance why today is always a very uh, moving moment in my life. And as, it's, as, as we heard earlier, nine million lives were lost was that in just the First World War? Shocking statistics. But you know what? We cannot allow those who are alive today to forget what the horrors of war looks like. We cannot forget. We cannot put our head in the sand and say, well, we're a part of this and we're a part of that and nothing like this will ever happen to go. Uh, again, we just need to continually, because they, wars do, you know, as, as you service personnel know, wars do keep happening and you do get called out to go and serve around the world. So today really is about remembering their sacrifices, remembering their acts of bravery, but also that, that terrible sense of grief and loss. And I, 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 can, I can only imagine that when the ships go off again, the heart must sink, or when you see them deployed somewhere else, the heart must sink. In 1918, uh, the armistice cry was this, never again. I just want to declare that in this place. Never again. Never again. You know, we know there's been wars that have come after wars and wars that have come after more wars. But never again a world war that destroys so many hearts and lives and, and nations. Never again. And yet, a few years later, in 1939, it all happened again. How quickly mankind forgets. How quickly. That's why we we wear the poppy, lest we forget. That's the motto that goes with it, lest we forget. It's so important that we do not forget these moments. The word remembrance is defined in these ways. The action of reflection or recalling events from a distant past or a mental impression. And I guess each of us could say, yes, I have a mental impression or I I have a distant memory. My granddad served in the army. Um, And and again, you can look back in, in moments in your life. But today is taking a moment to honor Honour those who have died, that honour those who are still serving. Jesus clearly instructed that there will be perilous times that come. You know, we can't, we can't say, Lord, no more wars, because we know in the last days there will be. We can't say, Lord, you know, we've we, we got the cops 2026 20, and we're doing all we can to change climate. But the Bible is very clear of what the last days will look like. I just want to read these words that Jesus said. And I shared briefly these thoughts on Friday night at Momentum. In Luke 21, verse 9, 
we read these words that Jesus spoke. He said, there will be many wars and revolutions on every side with rumors of more wars to come. Don't panic or give in to fear. What a great, what great advice Jesus gives. He says, look, don't panic. Don't get anxious. Don't give in to fear. For these things are bound to happen. Happen. This is still not the end. Then Jesus continued, there will be upheavals of every kind. Nation will war against each other and kingdom against kingdom. There will be terrible earthquakes and seismic events of epic proportions that result in famines in one place or another. There will be horrible plagues and epidemics. Clatter, clatter, I couldn't say this on Friday night. Clatter, clatter, that's the word. Clatter, clatter. They're going to be storms. Clatter, completely, I can't say it. Awful storms, right? On the earth and astonishing signs and cosmic disturbances in the heavens. See, see, Jesus wasn't saying it just in case it didn't happen. He was saying it because it will happen. He said it because he saw what the future would hold. We're going to live in perilous times. We're going to live in times where there will be cataclysmic storms. We're going to live in those moments. And in many senses, we are living... In the birth pangs, as it says in Romans, we're living in the birth pangs of this earth, crying out and creaking at the seams. I've said to Jane many times, you cannot keep taking out of the earth billions of gallons of oil and filling it with rice. Rice? Filling it, is it rice? What is it you fill the hole in when you pull out all the oil? You, f- you chuck something in it. But you can't keep pulling all of that out. You can't keep digging out all of the coal. You can't keep on digging out of the core of our earth all these things and then hope that the earth doesn't have an effect. There's always a cause and an effect. There's always going to have... And Jesus knew. He didn't, they weren't driving around in cars. They weren't flying in airplanes. But he knew what would happen. Why? Because he, could, he knew the future. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what these last days will look like. And there will be horrible plagues and epidemics and storms. Astonishing signs in the cosmos. Disturbance in the heavens. I wonder what that will be. You know, will it be meteors that come hurtling to the earth? Will it be space junk? We sent enough up there. You know, is, will it fall? Who knows what it's going to look like? You know, you've got individuals like Elon Musk who's saying, no, we must populate Mars. Well, how about trying Mar- uh, um, the, the moon? It's closer. You know, if you can't get there and if you can't populate it, then forget trying to get to Mars. It's, we're living in perilous times. And do you know what Jesus turned around and said in these last days? Men will be lovers of themselves 
rather than lovers of God. They will put their preferences, their their what well, in their opinion what's most important. You know that 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 could be our work, it could be our family, it could be our doing our house up, it could be. We put us first and then God next. The word says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all those other things will be added to us. Let's not join in with the rest of the world and get things out of sync in our life. Let's get our life in sync with what God is saying and seek him first in all that we do in our workplace, in our finances, in our families, in in the priorities of our life. Let's get God in the right place. Amen? So important. Then we read these words in in, in Luke 22. And I think, you know, because Jesus, he's the answer to everything. He's the answer to all our needs. He's the answer to everything. And then he turns around and he sat with his disciples and he's just had a meal with them. And and he's at the end of his natural life here on earth. And he takes this moment to spend the Last Supper with them. And in Luke 22, 19, he says, do this in remembrance of me. I love this because, yes, it's Remembrance Day. But even Jesus turned around and said, look... It's so easy to forget me in the midst of this busy world. It's so easy to forget what I've done. But he said, look, do this in remembrance of me. And we're going to receive communion in a few moments. Why? Because I believe it's so important that we do this. We remember his life. We remember what he came for. We remember what he came and accomplished and what he's still doing in each of our lives. Oh, it's so important that we always remember. Oh, we wear a poppy once a year for a week to remember the lost and those who serve. But I love the fact the Bible says that we go from house to house, that we do this in remembrance of him. I want you as an individual, as families, I want you as connect groups, make sure you're taking communion. If you're you're just doing a, a Zoom connect group, then do Zoom Connect Group communion. But let's do this in remembrance of him. As believers, we need to identify with all that God has done. When we can identify with what he's done, we will begin to live out who we are in him. It's that twofold working. What has Jesus done for you? What has Jesus done in your life? What, to what degree do you acknowledge the work of the cross? I've got a few scriptures here that I want to share with you before we finish. In Galatians 5, it says this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Let's not, let's, let it, don't let it just be a scripture. Let it be your truth. Okay? Let it be your truth. Paul is saying here, let me be clear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me be clear. The anointed one, Jesus, has set us free. That's not will. It's not may. It is he has. 
It is a past tense reality. When he went to the cross, he set you free. We need to appropriate or accept and walk in what he's done. But this is our spiritual truth. Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially. You weren't partially set free from sin. You weren't partially set free from addiction. You weren't partially set free from your past. You were set free completely. Then he goes on. Okay, let me read it. Let me, let me be clear. The anointed one has set you free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully. That should bring a smile to everyone. He has set you free, wonderfully free in all these areas. We must cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Two things. We must cherish this truth. When you begin to cherish something, you care for it, you look after it, it's, it's in prized position. You, you perhaps think about it on a regular basis. We must cherish the thought of what Jesus did for you and I. We must always keep it on the forefront of our minds. And then, he says, and stubbornly refuse to go back to that place of bondage. Oh, I'll tell you what, you know, my family can say I'm stubborn at times. And I, I like to think I'm stubborn in the right way. You know, I, perhaps I'm not always, but I, I, I stubbornly refuse to give up. I stubbornly refuse to let the enemy take control. I stubbornly refuse to be knocked down without getting back up again. Because every one of us get knocked down in some area. But you know what? A, a boxer who refuses, you know, take a Tyson Fury, he stubbornly, he may have got knocked down twice in his last fight, but he, he refused to stay on the floor. Every one of us have got that in us. We can get back up again. We need to be stubbornly like the weebles wobbles. <laughs> a weebles wobble, but it never falls down. We've, got, we've still got one of Luke's weeble wobbles at home. I had to move it yesterday. That's why it came to mind. I cherish the thought that a, a weeble wobble is a funny little thing that's overall at the bottom and you can knock it, but it bounces back, just in case you're young. <laughs> but we've got to be like the weeble wobbles. We may get hit, we bounce back up again. And we keep coming back and we keep coming back and we stubbornly refuse to be knocked down and out. What was the purpose of Jesus being sent to this earth? It was for you. Darren, it was for you. Jesus came for Darren Rolls and his household. Jesus came for you, Carl, for your household, for your children, for your future. He came for you. See, it's one thing me calling out a name in the room. But Jesus knows you all by name. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the journey. He knows the pain. He knows the, the tears that you cry. 
the heartache that you feel, the joy in your salvation. He knows it all in the journey of our life. That's why he's so very real. When you yield your life to him and allow him to be everything he is to your life. What was the purpose of Jesus? It was so that he could face your enemy on your behalf. Isn't that good? He could face your enemy. Number one, the devil, yes. He could face your enemy, the devil, on your behalf. He could face your addiction on your behalf. He could face your sin on your behalf. He could face your failing on your behalf. He could face your your wrong leanings at times on your behalf. He who knew no sin became our sin at the cross. I love it. It doesn't stop there. He became our sin. He took on the sin of the world so that we could then take on his righteousness. That we would be made righteous in him. I love it. He took on our enemies, our enemy of worry, our enemy of, of pride, our enemy, whatever your enemy may be, and we all have them, whatever our issue may be, and we all have them. Jesus came to face them head on, on our behalf. Listen to this. First John 3 verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, for this very reason, the Son of God was manifested that he may destroy the works of the devil. The whole reason Jesus came is because we couldn't do it on our own. We were helpless. We were unable to achieve what Jesus only Jesus could come and do. And that was destroyed the power of the enemy over our life. He has no hold except the hold we let him have. He has no hold over our future. He has no hold over our past. Only the hold we allow him to have. The Son of God was manifest that he may destroy the works of the devil. I love this. I thank God that Jesus came. I thank God that Jesus stood in my place. He took my sin. He went to the cross on my behalf. He didn't have to, but he chose to. No one could take his life. He chose to lay it down. What a great exchange. What did I have to do? I had to do nothing. What did he have to do? He had to die upon a cruel Roman cross. He was judged in an illegal court. He was sentenced to my death and your death. And he took the punishment of the whole world and every sin that was ever committed or ever will be committed, he took upon himself. The one who knew no sin became, he literally became our sin. 
that we would literally become his righteousness. So no matter how bad we behave at times, and we do, his righteousness is what he sees in us. Oh, that's why he says, confess your, your sins that you may be healed and forgiven. Absolutely. We need to keep our heart right. Should we, should we not care about sin? No. Just like it says in Romans, God forbid that we should walk around, you know, freely doing what we like because there is the grace of God upon our life. God forbid that we behave in such a manner. But you look around this room and everyone who's called upon the name of the Lord in this room is and carries the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is powerful. In, in this journey that Jesus came, he disarmed the work of the enemy. And he made him powerless over your life. This is what the word says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. It says, he disarmed those who once ruled over you. If someone once ruled over you, they had authority, they had the ability, but that was once. Today's a new day. Today is a new beginning. Today is a part of a new journey. He disarmed those who once ruled over us, those who had overpowered us. Like captives of war, he put them on display to the world to show his victory over them by means of the cross. It was the cross that was the turning point for all humanity. It was the turning point for you and for me. It was the turning point that changed the, 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 the war, the battle in our life. It was the cross that was the turning point. You know, you may have thought, you know, in, in the Second World War, the turning point was when the atomic bomb was dropped. That was the turning point of World War II. The turning point in the battle for our life was the moment of the cross. And it, the Bible says, had the powers of this world known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. If the enemy had known that it would be the turning point for humanity, he would never have incited the crowd to shout out, crucify him. But it's the turning point in all of our lives. That moment when we bowed the knee, when we bent the knee before the cross, when we said yes to Jesus, it was the turning point in every one of our lives. The old has been passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The victory that Jesus gives is found at the cross for you, for me, and for our future. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, God always, can you say an always with me? God always. God always, Marius. God always. God always, Jeff. See, God is always. What does it say? God always makes his grace Visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless victory or his endless triumph. We are included in his victory. See, if you say in your head, oh, I, I, I can never get over what happened to me. You're denying the power of the cross over your life. If you say, well, you don't know the circumstances, the pain that I went through, the, the abuse that I experienced. 
this here, he says, God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph through our yielded lives. There's the key. When we yield, when we yield our lives to Christ, when we yield our lives to what the cross accomplished for us, then we see the endless triumph, the endless victory. Are we truly yielded? I can't answer that for for anybody else in this room. I can only answer that for my journey. Am I truly yielded? Your will be done in my life as you've planned and desired it in heaven. Can you? Because once we're yielded to him, his ways, then he says, these things will be your portion. Today, what is the greatest battle in your life? What is the greatest battle that you're facing or that you're going through right now? I want to call to remembrance. It's Remembrance Sunday. I want to call to remembrance. Remember, his sacrificial love for you has saved you. Has. Past tense. It's done. Remember, you are set free from the burden of sin. Remember, you are now forgiven and a child of the living God. Remember that by trusting him and him alone, you're assured of your place in heaven. Remember, God has a perfect plan for your life. Isn't that good to know? You know, there is a perfect, there is the acceptable, but there is a perfect plan for your life. Remember, even though life can be tough and things don't always seem to go as we plan, God is still in control. God is still in control. Two last scriptures. Romans 6 verse 7 says this, For when we died, sorry, for when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. For when we died with Christ. The problem, the, the problem with sin or the problem with sin still having of its effect in our life is we've not truly died with Christ. We've not truly got to that place in the cross where we say, no matter what happened before, just like Paul said, no matter what my past was before, I'm now pressing towards the mark of the high calling of God in, in my life. For when we die in Christ and he begins to live in us, we were set free from the power of sin. It no longer has a hold in us. This word really came to mind and I just wanted to share it. Not only remembrance, but the word liberation. See, is it V V V J Day? VE Day. VE Day was that moment when we began to push back the enemy. It was known as the moment of of victory because the allies were pushing back the works of tyranny and darkness. But victory day didn't come until months later. Do you know what? There is a victory that's won in your life. And we began, in, in the Second World War, we began liberation 
of, of France. And then we begin to liberate Belgium and Holland and the, and the Allied forces pushed their way through Europe until they got to the, to, to the nation of Germany. Liberation started the moment we set foot in the nation and began to push back. You have liberation. You have liberty in your life. I just want to finish with this last scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. For it was for freedom that Christ has set us free, completely liberating us. Come on, what do we need to do? What do we, does Jesus need to do any more to liberate us? No. He has done it all. That moment at the cross was liberation moment when we trust in the work of the finished work of the cross. It completes everything for us. But the problem is we walk away from the cross or we walk and and distance ourselves from the things of God. The moment we become distant or cold, the enemy comes in like a flood. But we need to raise up a standard against him and begin to declare what the word of God says over our life. And begin to tell the enemy, I am free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And here it says, it was for freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, for this reason, keep standing firm and do not be subject to a yoke of slavery which you once removed. Those things in your life that you once removed, allow God and the power of the cross to keep removed. Let's not keep going back into the same old cycle and the patterns of life that cause us to be captive and held captive to, 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 to those areas of temptation or, or sin in our life. This morning, we can walk in that level of freedom. Can I have our communion cup? Thank you. Why did Jesus say, do this in remembrance of me? Because we put the cross before us. Because every time we put the cross before us, it's remembering the victory that he obtained. Unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground, it will not bring forth the harvest. But when Jesus went into the ground, the harvest is every single one of us that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we are of the same DNA that Jesus was because we are of the same harvest that came forth. It is so powerful. The anointing of God that was on Jesus is the anointing of God that is on you. The glory that Jesus said that he had received from the Father, you read in John, John chapter 17, and he says, the same glory that was in me, let it be in them. That's you and me. The same glory of the Father is in us. But we still battle with the same areas. Come on, church, it's time to make a stand. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, temptation behind me. The cross before me, my past, those things that I still struggle with. They are behind me. 
Because I'm bowing the knee to the one who came to save me. I'm yielding my life. I'm bowing the knee. I'm yielding to the power of the cross over my life. No wonder communion was one of the four areas that the church were built on. The apostles' doctrine, which is the word of God. On prayer. I'm so thankful that we had five people in the prayer room. Three children, me and Jane. Feel free to join us, 9.30 to 10. We have a ball. But it's part of what the church should be built on. We have one prayer meeting to come to once a month. Come and join us. Not out of duty. Not out of duty. I guess on Remembrance Sunday I can call duty. I can call duty to remembrance. It is your duty to be in prayer. It is your duty as a Christian individual to come out to a prayer meeting. It is your duty to attend the house of God. Because we are the army of the living God. We are the... We may not look at it this way, but we are the army of God. Rob, good to see you. We are the army of the living God. But we treat it like a club. We are at war in the spiritual realm for the souls who don't yet know God. We are at war. We are in the army of the Lord. I wonder what that looks like in your life and mine. Do we take that call seriously? All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all. I believe that God has got to be it's got to be the cry of our heart. Just as the cry of the heart on Armistice Day was never again. Let this be the cry of our heart today. All to Jesus I surrender. I surrender all. We're going to receive communion together. Um, I'm just going to go through the instructions like I've done before. There are two layers. You have the little plastic film layer. If you've not got a cup, please put up your hand and our hosting team will get one of these to you. Um, so there's a little film. Don't go, for the, don't go for the silver layer first. There's a little film that will release the little um, wafer. This is our way forward. This is the way we're going to be doing communion in the future. So we've gone from the goblet where everyone drunk out of the same thing, which I'm so pleased we've moved away from. Then we went to have an individual cups and a piece of bread. If you were at the back of the church, I wouldn't want to touch the piece of bread, not alone put it in my mouth. This is a hygienic way. I don't know quite what Jesus would have made of it, but there we go. So, so Jesus, after supper, he, he said to his disciples, he said, this is my body. It is going to be broken. He hadn't gone to the cross at this point. He said, it is going to be broken for you and for all my, mankind. And it is by my stripes... It is by the blows that were cut into my life or will be cut into my life that you will experience health and wholeness. It's through the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. And he said to disciples, take it 
in remembrance of me. Today, we're going to remember what Jesus has done. So if you could take uh, your disc of bread or cardboard, let's receive by faith what Jesus did. Father, as we receive, Lord, the, the, the emblem that represents your body. I thank you, Lord, that you bring healing into this room. Holy Spirit, back up your word. Back up your word. Healing's in this room right now. Your healing touch. As we partake of the body that was broken, we also partake of the healing that he came to, to give. In Jesus' name, amen. And after supper, he, he took the cup. And if you peel back the silver bit, not the plastic bit, we will get the hang of this. I need two hands, sorry. After supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is shed in my blood. The cup of the new covenant, no longer under law, but under grace. No longer a battle in the physical, but a battle in the spiritual. No longer was it a case of walking without a shepherd. He became the shepherd. And Jesus said, as you partake of this cup, it represents my blood that was shed for you. Drink you all of it in remembrance of me. <clears throat> Father, just as the, as the blood represents the forgiveness of sin, I pray, Lord, in this room this morning, that those that have struggled with sin this week or are struggling with an area in their life, Father, I pray that you administer your grace upon them. I thank you, Lord. It was for liberty and freedom that you came. Father, I pray for those that have held on to past issues. Lord, that today there will be a liberty and a freedom from the past. Father, we just thank you for a miracle in this room. A miracle of your grace in people's lives. Jesus, you went to the cross, you shed your blood, and you said by the word of your testimony and by the blood of the Lamb, you will overcome. Right now, we receive the power, the power of your blood to wash and to cleanse each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen.